Welcome back to another episode of Quirked Up. Um, I'm Jessica Kleinschmidt. And I'm Rachel Luba. Cheers. I know we're, we, we always do the intros because we're starting with Paige. This is, we have a guest and her name is Paige Halstead and she's here. Paige, so much. Thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. So we have so much to unpack because I feel like your intro, there's so much that you do. You're not just a softball player. You're, you're also one of Rachel's um, clients, which is really, really cool. So let's yeah. start with everything that you're doing at this very moment, whether it's softball training. I know you're working out with your brother a lot. So tell me everything that you're up to at this exact time. Okay. Yeah. So um, I actually just signed to play professional softball. Um, with the organization is called Athletes Unlimited, uh, based out of Chicago. So originally I wanted to go into occupational therapy uh, right after college. And then my path kind of changed and I kind of dedicated my time to softball. So I want to play pro for at least one season um, and then see how that goes. And um, I've been living out in Arizona, but I've been back and forth from Arizona and Rancho Cucamonga, where I'm from. Mm -hmm. um, and so right now I'm just doing lessons, training for season. And then I have like my own online um, catching program that I started up. Um, so that's super fun to kind of get to know different athletes around the world and just work with them. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing right now at this moment. So it's amazing. And so I, there's this really, there was a viral clip that kind of went around. I cover the Giants and the A's quite a bit. And your brother plays for the Giants organization. You were helping him work out. And it's, it was such a badass moment, not just to see the fact that we were all on hiatus and we're figuring out ways for these guys to work out and you were helping him. And so what was the reaction that you got when you saw that DJ had you as kind of a resource to work out with? Yeah, no, um, <clears throat> I think like we were Ryan and I were talking about that video like that wasn't even we didn't post that and like think that it would even go viral it was just kind of like um an everyday thing for us you know just like kind of playing catch in the cul-de-sac just like you know just regular brother and sister things um but yeah I mean I think my reaction was just kind of like shocked definitely didn't really think um that that would ever happen to us um but I mean super grateful and thankful for all of that that's happened but yeah just kind of shocked honestly so that's just like a casual thing that you two do yeah literally it was like I think that video was from a while ago too it was like Christmas break or something and we were both back in town and he needed to play catch and I was just like all right I'll catch you and then my dad was recording it just to see like his mechanics and stuff um like we didn't even ask him to like do that that's the thing and then um, randomly, I just posted it on TikTok, like that little app thing, and mm -hmm. um, it just kind of blew up from there. So that that was kind of the crazy part, I think. And so I I'm new to the softball, I guess, professional world, and I'm curious what what do we need to know? Like I'm kind of naive to it. So I just cover baseball for a living, even I'm a former player. I'm curious, what is a professional softball player? What's like the format of that these days? Yeah, so um, I'm super new to it as well. But this league that I'm that I just signed with, um, it's different. It's like formatted differently than any other pro league, pro softball league that's out there. Um, so for our league, it's based on like a fantasy league, basically. So um, yeah, it's like 56 um, athletes in a pool. And then we, every single week, the team will change. So you don't necessarily have coaches, you just have different players that will pick the team every single week. And so, which means that every single week the team changes as well. So um, it's definitely a very different format and um, I'm just excited to see how it goes. So. Yeah, I love watching you work out. Like it gives me so much like inspiration to think about working out. So that's good. But, and I know obviously you and Rachel have the UCLA connection, but Rachel, how did you come across wanting to have Paige as one of your clients? So Paige and her brother actually reached out to um, me and uh, Morgan during like the quarantine period. They were just curious about the marketing stuff and branding because they really were interested in growing their brand and they saw the value in that. Um, so we actually hopped on a call with them um, as well as Trevor was on the call. And we just talked to them about what they 
we're interested in. Um, they both have a really unique kind of dynamic with the sibling, the sibling thing. Um, and then also any Bruin I'm a fan of. So I was like, yeah, love this girl. Um, so we talked to them for a bit and then I wanted to have a follow-up call with Paige just because I was really interested in kind of what she was doing. And obviously I don't, you know, represent, uh, softball players really, but I, there was something, I mean, she's a Bruin who I think she has a really unique kind of brand that she can build. And I wanted to kind of help her with that. Um, so yeah, we started talking and kind of uh went from there but yeah we're Paige and I are kind of learning about some of this softball world stuff as we go together so it's been fun yeah it's really cool and and now Paige now I'm just curious because I've never my agent is not a man or my agent is a man he's not a woman so I'm curious like to know that you have a badass woman like this who wants to represent you what was that moment like that's what I like every single time I talk to Rachel it's like I am so grateful that I have like just a woman role model to kind of look up to uh, especially because she was in the sports world and she went to UCLA so it's like it's just like even like it's just crazy to me to like have somebody like Rachel to look up to and to kind of guide me um, in my journey of softball and things like that but I mean it's just it's awesome to have somebody like Rachel represent me. Yeah, I know. And it's, and she's, I mean, I learned so much from her. And when you are seeking out or sorting out to get an agent, what are like the, the main things you want to look for in somebody who wants to represent you? That's the thing. It was so new to me. Like I've never had an agent before. I didn't even think that I would need one or like want one just because I never saw myself pursuing professional softball um, and obviously past change. And I'm really excited that I'm I'm kind of sticking with it. Um, but I think for me, I just look for a genuine person. Like I know that Rachel's intentions are great, and she's mm -hmm. she's all for me. So I mean, it's just she's just an all around great person. And I just I knew that from the beginning when I first talked to her. So um, that's what I was. That's like my main thing that I kind of look for. I think so. No, I'm right there with you. I'm, that she just, I love that. It's so true. Like, I've never met anybody who was both equally had such a good heart and also being like a badass. And that's literally Rachel. So it's really, really cool. Um, and now you, know, you are a baseball fan, right? So you're watching like everything that's happening this season. How are you observing a 60 game season when you're used to 162 games? Obviously, you're a, you're a former collegiate player, so perhaps the games at 60 isn't too crazy. But overall, when you're watching this season, what first what's weird about it beyond just the fact that it's 60 games, the DH? But what what's weird about it to you? Um, for me, a shorter season. It's just like just talking to like some baseball players, uh, especially my brother, it like takes them a while to get into the groove of things. So like, sh like shortening the season, I feel like they could just be potentially getting in the groove and then season's going to end. So it's just like, it's not organic. It's, it's kind of like forced to me. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, just watching some of the games that I've seen, it's just, it's a different feel. And yeah. I mean, we obviously know why, but it's just like, it's just kind of tough right now. Um, but I mean, I think they're having fun with it to the, to the best that they can. So. Yeah. And how long does it take you to get hot in a season? Oh man. Um, I would say at least like just getting used to things at least like 15, 20 games. Right. You know? So it's, and it's hard to think about when these guys only have a certain, even like in collegiate it's it's no different right I mean like if you go to a place like you see like cool like oh we're chill like we have postseason we've got playoffs like we good fam but that's not always the case right so it's kind of cool from that from that aspect now Rachel I'm curious with you now do you when, when you and Paige talk about the season like or anything like that what are what are some of y'all's like I don't know hangout meetings or when you guys catch up and and talk about what's going on yeah, so a lot of it is, I mean, one, her getting ready just for uh, 
you know, her season that's coming up. And then um, we also just signed Paige with Mizuno, which is cool. So she'll Ooh. be repping Mizuno. Um, I never, I never used anything but Mizuno and people used to make fun of me because they were like, oh, oh yeah, well, of course all the guys were like Rawlings. I'm like, no, I like my Mizuno. And I like, it, I got so much shit for it. But like, what are they doing? They're watching me on TV from their couch. They don't know shit. So anyways, go on. Yeah, exactly. So, Mizuno, um, yeah, so uh, we talk about that kind of stuff and then just other um, kind of initiatives and things that, you know, working on growing her brand right now and what she wants to be known for. And so, um, you know, a lot of that, I mean, one that we actually connected on on more of a personal level was um, eating disorders for female athletes. Um, it's something that both Paige and I dealt with. Um, ourselves and it's something that's really prevalent in sports for women in general so you know we talk about kind of ways that we're going to help her get her message out there um, you know when it comes to body positivity especially for female athletes so that's a, that's a lot of it um, and then just different content ideas and ways that we can get her involved we've done a lot with momentum which I want to talk about um, her at bats that she did the live at bats uh, during quarantine. Um, by the way, Paige, I don't know if you know, I feel like I've told you this before, but you're like one of our most viewed videos when we put like for our live at bats. Um, everybody, everybody loves you. So yes, queen. Yeah. Um, okay. So first of all, tell everybody <laughs> what, like, well, I'm going to tell you that Paige gets really nervous about going up there and showing guys up because every time I'll tell her, I'm like, okay, Paige, you're going to face, you're going to face, you know, Montas, Frankie Montas. And she's like, and you know, Frankie gets all nervous. He's like, I don't want to face her. Like, you know, she's a girl, you know, if my wife he sees means that from like in the nicest place. Yeah. But he's like, if, yeah. My, if my wife sees me, you know, give up a bomb to this girl, you know, she, I lose my manhood. Like, I don't want to face her. Sucks for you, Frankie. Like, what do you want? <laughs> like when he, when he saw her and we were like, you're going to face her. And he was like, no, like he thought it was a joke. And then he's like, not even paying attention. She goes up to face Bauer and she just like hits a line drive off of Bauer. And he turns, he hears like the pop of the bat and he turns and looks and he was like, hold on, wait, what? Like, I need to pay attention to this. Like, holy shit, she made contact. And he was shocked. And then he got nervous. He's like, well, I don't want to face her now. But she gets nervous too, though. She feels bad. She doesn't want to show them up. But then she gets in the box and she's like the best shit talker. And I think it's fantastic. So Paige, tell us like, I, I, I mean, I'm guessing it has to do with, you know, growing up and training with your brother and, you know, being around guys. But, you know, what's it like? facing men yeah I mean um obviously it was like so much fun to even be able to face them and um I think it's it's not like I'm I'm scared to like show them up I'm just like I don't want to like step on any toes and like be I don't know I don't even know how to explain it but like it's just to me like facing them it's I don't know it's just like it's so organic and it's so natural that like I just love competition and so um being able to kind of like be in that competition atmosphere uh, especially with like baseball and softball it's just so much fun I think there needs to be a lot more of that um, a lot more content like that as well um but I think growing up uh facing Ryan all the time and catching him it's just like that's how I survived. Like I have two older brothers, like you, you realize too, cause you have three older brothers. Right. So, um, you just, that's how you survive. Like growing up, you have to talk trash. Like you have to, um, if you don't, you're just, you can get stepped all over. So <laughs> I think, um, that's how I kind of lived my life and that's how I, uh, became the athlete that I, that I was. So yeah, it was fun though. A lot of fun. <laughs> I want to know the dynamic between you and Frankie Montes and not just because I cover him, but also I love the guy and he's <laughs> so sweet. So I'm curious, like, you know, Rachel kind of told me some stuff, but what was it like to go up against Montes, who, by the way, is like killing it right now and can hit three digits. So what was that like going up against it? No offense to Bauer. That's fine. But like, what was it like going up against Montes? Um, I think 
I don't know, because honestly, I didn't know much about him. Like, I didn't even know how hard he was going to throw. Sometimes you need to be naive about it. You got to be like, I don't know. Like, and it, so I get it. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, and so I was going up there. You told me the same thing. You were like, oh, I don't, I've never seen him. Like, I don't, I, I don't know if I want to. Like, she's seen Bauer, but, you know, yeah. Montas, she's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, I was waiting to hit off of him. And then one of the, the hitters was there and he was like, dude, you know that he throws, like, 100, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I had no idea. So, like, I think knowing that going up there, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to swing as hard as I can. Um, but, I mean, he was super nice about it. Um, he likes to talk trash, too, so yeah. that was kind of fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, like, the first pitch that he threw, I, like, blinked and it was gone. So, yeah. it was just – it's just such a different um, look out of the hand. I mean, obviously oh, – yeah ball is underhand and baseball is over but um I mean it was a lot of fun he throws gas but I <laughs> I just try to close my eyes and swing as hard as I can that's all you can do babe and it's it's funny though because Montes not only threw to you and he would probably calculate that as practice but he also threw to like a high school catcher in the <laughs> off season throwing 100 miles an hour and this poor catcher was like he needed to ice his hand each time that's all, all that was available so it's really cool that he was utilizing with that I yeah. want to talk more about your brand and I I'm so I'm weird about that term only because I have my own Rachel has her own so you mentioned eating disorders which is such a beautiful thing that you're willing to talk to young people about or just people about so that that alone you want that part of your brand but why is it so important for you to spread that message about eating disorders or anything else that's personally touched you to people that are paying attention to you? Yeah, I think, honestly, I think things happen for a reason. And um, I never thought that I would kind of have as much of a following as I do. Um, and starting the online catching program and kind of having younger athletes like look up to me as an athletic role model, um, I feel like I don't want to portray myself as being this perfect human being. And um, I really think that my brand, the way that I want to go about it is just being a genuine person and wanting to help people um, to see them succeed. And it's not for me, it's more for them. And I don't want to portray myself like so, as somebody that has no problems or that hasn't gone through anything. And so uh, that's why I'm so open about like finally now I'm open about talking about my eating disorder that I went through in college. And um, that's just one big thing that I went through that I want to kind of share and let people know that it's normal and it's not something to feel bad about, you know, it's, it's just something that's so it's just, it's always been weighing on my heart to kind of share and I'm just waiting for the right moment to kind of, just share it to the public I guess well, um, it's one of those things too that you you know, like we were talking about this that you don't find a lot of people I think that have been through it that it, it's it's just it's one of those things that's so taboo and people don't like to talk about it and even people who have them you know are usually a lot of times in denial about it and they don't want to admit it and so mm -hmm. nobody talks about it and when Paige and I both realized like I've always been someone who even when I had it, I told people, I was like, look, I have it. It's awful. My life sucks. It was the worst, you know, period of my life. I was miserable, but I couldn't get out of it. And yeah. so, and I always wanted to share that with people. I wanted people to know, like, you know, to have this, that skinny body, like it's, you are miserable though. Like there's nothing satisfying about life. And then, you know, us athletes that we work so hard to get, you know, these incredible bodies that can do incredible things. And then we just want to look like, you know, someone who's never done athletics a day in their life and just eats, you know, a salad and an apple for, you know, the day. And so like, I think Paige and I talking about it and, you know, realizing that, we don't want people to think like a, a lot. I think a lot of times people forget that female athletes also have this insanely high level of scrutiny on their bodies and what they look like. It's not only about like what they do athletically, but it's also then how they look too. Whereas a lot of, a lot of men and boys don't have to deal with that aspect of it. And so 
I think that was something Paige wanted to really get out there and help younger girls realize and, you know, realize that we both talked about this together one time, like our sport that we did gave us so much, but there's a lot that it, you know, like there's a toll it takes on you. And I think it's like helping a younger generation, you know, maybe get to utilize the good or, you know, reap the benefits of the good things of the sport without maybe all the bad that comes with it. Yeah, definitely. And I think like the most interesting part is that being a D1 athlete, you have to perform on the field. You have so many things to worry about. You have to worry about performance, worry about what you look like, especially for gymnastics too. Like being in the uniforms that you're in, that's crazy to me. So it's like, you have to worry about so many different things. Um, and then you have this going on behind the scenes. So it's like, I just feel like it's such a valuable topic to talk about and to kind of just get different perspective, perspectives on it, you know? So, um, yeah, I just think that's like a really interesting thing to kind of touch upon. Well, and I think it's very selfless of you to know that you have so much you can give. Like, obviously, you're athletic and you're beautiful and you're so smart. But you're at your age, Paige, the fact that you want to send this message like I hope you understand like how big that is because it's a lot of responsibility you know that we often forget about because Rachel and I talk about this all the time we can't just go out and do our job we have to you know me personally as a reporter I can't be too flirty I can't be too nice I can't be too this I can't be too that I can't dress a certain way that I would want to and you can go out you can be you can go four for four hit for the cycle, hit 87 grand slams, and people are still going to be like, well, this is what you look like. And that sucks. So knowing that you have a sense of self right now at where you are in your career, like that's, that's huge. So Mm -hmm. that alone is a phenomenal brand, if you will, but you're, it seems like you're just being real, right? Yeah. I think that's, that's just what I want to be. I just want to be myself and just kind of share what I've been through and the different experiences that I've had to go through and um I mean I'm just we get it people love you Paige like we get it people love (laughs) (laughs) but I just I think that things happen for a reason and I just want to kind of get my story out there just so um if I just help one girl out of a hundred you know I think that's just my my main goal so yeah and that's that's phenomenal and I'm glad that you and Rachel had that had that bond unfortunately it's in her shitty circumstances, but it's glad that you, I'm glad you guys can, you know, go through that together. Now your, your softball season's coming up. When does that actually start and how does it start? Yeah. So I actually leave August 16th. So that's coming up. Um, but our first game doesn't start until August 30th. So, and then it's a six week season and I'll get back the first week of October. And so. so what have they told you to how to prepare and everything, not just for a season, but in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah, so um, there's a lot of precautions that we have to take um, as that's why we're going earlier than the 30th so we can go get settled in the the living space that they have for us. Um, We actually have a COVID test sent to us, to our house, Um, have to take it, send in the results and things like that. Um, So they're taking a lot of really good precautions just to keep everybody safe. Um, but it's just crazy the things you kind of have to go through um, right now in these times. So, um, yeah, it's just it's still kind of like it's a little bit weird to me um, just kind of having to go through all of this. And I don't know. It's just like it's hard to explain, but um, they're, they're doing a really good job about kind of taking care of all of us. So. That's great. Now I'm a, I'm a D one's fast pitch softball junkie because I was never a D one softball player, but I'm just curious because I would look at y'all and just be in awe of what you guys did. And that wasn't just because you guys were phenomenal athletes, but you didn't get enough. Like, I feel like up until recently, fast pitch softball didn't get a lot of love, whether it was on ESPN or anything like that. So just from like a little girl, the, you know, 17 year old Jess who had to switch from baseball to softball and watching you guys, like, what was that experience like? And not just from a fantasy, like, I wish I could do that perspective, but just like actually being on the team and being with the girls and everything like that. I think for me, it's just so surreal. Like you work 
your whole entire softball career just to get to your goal or your 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 goal school basically and being on that team and having the coaches that I had and just being in that atmosphere of UCLA it's just like like I never really thought about it when I was there like I never thought that I was like in it I was like there in that moment I was always just like striving to be perfect so I never really took the time to step back and be like wow like look look at what I did you know um and that didn't that didn't come until I graduated um but I think like just having that experience I'm obviously very thankful for it and it just it goes to show that hard work really does pay off and um yeah I'm just I'm glad I had that opportunity because being there and going to the World Series and winning the championship that was just like I was in tears for at least a week after so um yeah it's just crazy to think about it. and it's awesome to have the opportunity to do that um from the yeah. past players that kind of created that platform for us so. no it's great I mean mama you have a framed jersey behind you so like that alone <laughs> is amazing Rachel I'm curious because I know you're very hard on yourself did you were you ever like did you ever take a step back at UCLA and we're like let me embrace this? Or are you constantly just like, I need to be perfect. I need to be perfect. It wasn't until, so my last, when I ended up medical retiring, cause I had tears and I have like three tears in this shoulder, four in this one, um, body was falling apart. And finally, so I was just kind of, um, I would go into practice every day, but I, you know, couldn't compete. And it was at that moment that finally I had a conversation with my dad and he was like, he, my dad has stressed, stressed this to me my entire life. And I never listen, but like, you have to like, enjoy the journey, like enjoy this moment where you are and like what you've done. And it wasn't until like my final year that I really did, but it, yeah, I mean, Paige and I have talked about this too. Like as an athlete in college, college was not fun for me. Like it wasn't, it, it wasn't something everyone looks forward to going back to college. I remember all my friends would be home on breaks and I like, didn't never got that bug, but anyway, <laughs> continue. Oh, you know, all my, like all my friends would be like, I'm so excited to go back to school and, you know, like party and their frats and sororities. And I was like, yeah, yeah I'm so excited to wake up at 5am and, you know, work my ass off and be exhausted and then go to classes. And it, it's a job. And it's hard, I think, sometimes in the moment to really appreciate college and enjoy it for what it is. And you look back and you're like, yeah, it was great. But um, I, I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, like, I, I've never, I've never been one to sugarcoat things for people. I'll tell you I had an eating disorder. I'll tell you, you know, like that, you know, this, it isn't as perfect as it might seem on the surface. And I was never afraid to say that about college too. Like, College wasn't the, my mom used to tell me, oh, it's going to be the best four years of your life. And it wasn't like, it really wasn't. And so that I think is a reality that a lot of people don't like to talk about. And I know, but it's something, you know, Paige kind of talked to me about at one point too. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I dealt with as well. Yeah. Well, I feel like I was never really, you know, obviously the stereotypical college athlete is what you guys get your tests you, you have it so easy. We like, you like round grades. Like I, I was barely a college student, so I don't hundred percent know, but Paige, do you feel like there was a stereotype being a college athlete that it was easy for you? Cause ap after you guys tell me these stories, I want to punch everybody in the face who are like, oh, they skated through college. And I know that wasn't the case, like not even just grades, but like you have so much pressure on yourself, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's for sure, um, uh, a stereotype about student athletes um but I mean especially being at UCLA the professors were just so hardcore and for me my major was political science so um not necessarily the hardest major out there but I mean I had professors that history so it's okay <laughs> so, but I had professors out there that weren't gonna do like if I had a game it was it was on me you know so right. it's like I had to how to have the characteristic and like the courage to go up to the professor and be like, Hey, like, I know I have a game, like, what can I do? So it's just like all about negotiation and just things like that. But like, it wasn't easy. Like it's not, 
like you're not going to have a professor and say like oh you're an athlete here you go like here's an a you know so it's like it's just i think that some people think that's how it is but i mean at ucla for me it wasn't it was it was hard and i appreciate everything that i went through but i mean it was a grind like i'm not gonna lie it was classes were tough like we had to travel things like that you just have a lot of things on your plate that you have to worry about and be organized about but I mean that's that's why I came out the way I am so yeah you guys have to grow up way faster than the typical college student because you are traveling you have to figure out how do I do everything still maintain the GPA to play and everything like that and you know so I have so much respect for y'all and I know it was more than just the grades it was obviously body image issues. So I don't know how y'all do it. So I'm going to pour an extra one out for both of y'all later for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. We appreciate it. I got you girls. I'm not even kidding, Rachel. I'm going to get a Paige Halstead jersey. I never buy jerseys either. (laughs) I I love me some Joey Votto and I've never purchased a jersey. I'll buy a Halstead. I did get you a Votto. I'll send it to you. It has to be Pete Halstead. I don't want her brother getting any sort of, I don't yeah. want them thinking I got one for him, you know? I'm going to get a Halstead jersey too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, you were phenomenal. Paige, I cannot wait to see what you do with your career. I think anything you. you need from me, no problem. Let me know. And you were a phenomenal guest. I'm so glad you stopped by. Yes. Thank you for coming, Paige. We appreciate it. And I'm sure we will have a call soon in the next like day or two to go over all your stuff so <laughs> thank you guys so much for the best. and good luck this season thank you you're welcome <laughs> all right bye Paige Jess I love this blazer by the way that you're wearing like the arm cut oh I don't know if I'm like thank you so much because here's the thing I bought this for the season and I was when I was wearing this I was buying my dress for the A's preview show that we never really had until it was in my room. But yeah, thank you. I'm so excited. It's only the second time I've worn it and I've had it for I love like it. ever. Yeah. It's like, so it's so like modern, if you will. Like it's kind of like, it's also kind of feels like, a I feel like I couldn't, I don't feel like, I feel like I'm too young to wear it. If that, not that you're, <laughs> sounds horrible. Like I'm calling you old, but I feel like a kid, like people will look at me and it's so professional and grown up and I'll, I'll, you should at least try one on because I wear this like the same size. Obviously you, you're skinnier, yeah. but shortness wise people, it's, it's very in right now. It works. So. Okay, fine. I'll, yeah. I'll do it because I've been looking at them and I love them. Anyway. I'm obsessed. Um, actually, Melanie Newman is the reason why I have this. So there is that. But we also had another, our second woman on this time around, we had Paige Halstead and you, not only is she like a bomb ass softball player but she's your client he is and of course you guys bonded over UCLA which is like a big thing like I'm super self-conscious if my children didn't go to UCLA I'm worried you would never want to babysit them but that's okay that's a whole nother story but I'm excited that she was there she gave us a really great interview and um, her season's starting up soon she got to face not only Trevor Bauer but Frankie Montes which I got really excited about and um and some some batting practice and everything like that um, and so, but we have a lot to unpack before we get on, onto her interview. Uh, I'm still like elated. I, she was just amazing. I just really loved her because not, I don't, I'm, I'm just going to tell you this. I was an athlete in college, but I played not with the school. So I was like on a tournament team and I wanted that athlete, that collegiate athlete, like situation so bad. And I didn't realize how difficult it actually was you know and I and I was I was naive I thought it was you guys get tests handed to you and you guys got to travel and all this stuff and obviously what you and Paige went through was a lot a totally lot that's something I can never actually compare to but I want you to know I have a, a totally different respect for college athletes now I appreciate that yeah um that, I, that was growing up I always hated the fact that I did because I never did a sport for my school. I was a gymnast since I was two and I, you train at a club and you compete for a club and you're a part of a club and it has nothing to do with the school and high school. There are some States that do high school gymnastics, but the level is it's very, very low. Um, so I was never a part of like a school and it was really hard because I 
competed on the side and I had this ridiculous, you know, training regimen on the side, but then also had to, you know, go to school and get good grades and nobody understood what, you know, my training entailed and they didn't care if, you know, whatever, if I was, you know, away on a, at a competition or something, but then they always, you know, gave preferential treatment to like, you know, the JV track team at school or something. And I hated it. But then, you know, being in college, it was nicer that the school somewhat has your back, but it's still tough. Like, you know, there are a lot of professors that don't care. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's work. It's yeah. a job. Being an athlete is a job. It, it, it really is. And, you know, it's not all puppy dogs and rainbows as much as we do. Also, our wine word for today is postseason. Yeah. Hashtag postseason. Hashtag postseason. I'm not gonna cheer this again. It's been it's been, I feel like we're in mid-season form. But we are. I am a mess. <laughs> are we going to have a postseason? Now, hold on. We talked about this last last episode, I think. Um, I was very confident in my answer that we were going to have a 60 game season. Ask me again how I feel. Okay, so I want to ask you that, and then I have a follow-up. So are we going to have 60 games this season, Rach? I don't know. Um, no, here's my answer. I think we will. I think we're going to have, most teams will have 60 games. I do think that still. I, I think there might be a scenario, though, where the, there are going to be several teams that don't play 60, and they're not – there's a chance that they have talked about how they're going to have to do postseason based on winning percentage, not okay. based on whatever it is right now, you know, the top, the division right. winners and the whole new format. Okay. So I, I actually agree. I don't think we're going to play 60 games, but I think we're going to have a postseason because the one thing I will give, I don't want to say give man Rob Manfred credit for is he's like, he's figuring out everything, something happens. He'll figure something out. Like see if we have to make up all these games. I tweeted the makeup, the makeup stuff out. And it's insane because we have so many different new things we need to do. Nick Markakis just hit a home run, which is good. I'm glad he's back on that note, but I had to tweet out like all the different Wait, revisions and this is what it is. That's the, Look at all that. Yeah, but he's back. He came back because I think he saw that um, that Freddie Freeman was doing well again and like healthy. And but now oh. he's back. Okay, um, really good. So of course he like imagine like sitting there and having FOMO, right? You'd be like if you and somebody else were doing this podcast without me, I'd be like, yes, I don't have FOMO. I'm one of those people that my roommates in like college hated me because they were like don't you want to come out with us tonight like aren't you gonna have FOMO I was like you don't understand growing up as an athlete and never being able to go out or do anything I learned to just you cannot survive if you have FOMO so I, I have FOMO right now I want to be at a game right now good lord um I want to talk about the if they do change the postseason and who gets in to a winning percentage. So I've talked to several players that are very unhappy about how they're handling these COVID tests and the players that are sitting out, the teams that get to have games postponed or suspended, um, while there are other teams that, you know, might have one or two of their best players, Juan Soto, um, yeah, I, uh, Mike Moustakis, right? Go down. And you have players like, you know, Mike Moustakis, who that's the team's best player, or one of their best players, and they still have to play games without him, right? And then you have other scenarios where you have the Marlins, who get 18, it was at 18 players that went down with COVID. And they, they just, they're, their games just get suspended, right? Or postponed. They don't have to play. And the reason I think there are players that are frustrated with this is because they don't have to play games. We have, we set it up so that we would have a 60 game or a 60 player roster, right? For teams for this very reason that in the event you have players get COVID-19, you have another pool, a bigger pool of players to choose from. And then you have teams like the Marlins 
where they just didn't follow protocol and they have a bunch of players that go down and now they just don't have to play games. And you look at it and right before they came back, they were, I think that they were leading the division because they were, I don't know, two and one or something. So they had the best win percentage, winning percentage. And then you have other teams, right, that might lose one or two of their best players and they still have to play and they might lose. And so I think there are a lot of players that are looking at it like, look, if especially if you're a team that doesn't and your players aren't following protocol, then you need to find whatever replacement players you have, you know, on tap and substitute them in and you need to play your games because you know there are other teams that are following protocol closely and they still have to play maybe without one or two of their best players so i don't like i I do think that they need to do better at making that more uniform i do agree and it's and it's just a weird scenario all around and i don't know like in the rescheduling i'm i'm I give them so much props because scheduling alone is a tough thing to do. And did you so the, know, wait, did you know how they used to schedule games? What like when? Um, like the original, I don't know. It was like probably maybe 10 years ago, they stopped doing it this way. But before that, it was this mom and pop, like this husband and wife in somewhere in the middle of America. There was an ESPN, I think 30 for 30 on this. And they did it by hand and scheduled the games. No joke. Aw. Yeah. Sorry. Times were so much more simple back then, you know, before all of this stuff. Um, so what do you get a feeling that the players are actually adhering to protocols? I do. Liam Hendricks himself said he's okay with being by himself in a, hotel room because he doesn't like people and I was like I feel you which if I could interview Liam Hendricks every day for the rest of my life I'd be okay and you know and they're taking it very seriously you have somebody like Marcus Simeon who's kind of leading all of it and Liam even said he's like I can't speak for other teams but there's certain teams where they have an uptick in testing positive and we find out why rumors kind of are getting around my sources are telling me a lot of things but why are some people just not paying attention to some of these rules it you know it's tough so there are definitely teams that are you're not you you may get FOMO but some you may not get FOMO but other people do (laughs) we'll go with that yeah um yeah but they there are teams for sure that are you know I think a majority of teams are really following this strict you know, strictly, and they are, you know, limiting themselves and what they can do. And, you know, in order to protect the season, you have a few players and it only takes one on a team to mess it up for everybody who maybe aren't following the protocols. That being said, I think we have to point out the fact that you can follow the protocols down to a T super strictly, right? When you're home on a home at a home game, and you live in an apartment building and you go home at night and you push the elevator button or you even just open the door, whatever it is. And somebody in that apartment building happens to have COVID, like you get it and then you could pass it on to the team and you did nothing you weren't allowed to do. You know, you could go, you have to go grocery shopping when you live at home, you know, for home home games. and you know, unless I know a lot of players that just rely on eating at the field, which is great, but you know, there are some with families and they need to go grocery shopping. And what if, you know, somebody gets it at the grocery store, that doesn't mean that they weren't following protocol. So I get, I think the protocols are great for on the road. And if you abide by them, you're pretty much safe. The problem is, is that the protocols you know, it's hard to kind of restrict and limit players, even from just kind of existing and living, like they have to live somewhere and they have to get food. And so when they're at home, I think it's really easy to abide by all the protocols and yet still somehow come in contact with it. So I think there are a lot of players who, you know, are, again, they're following all the protocols, but they might still be subject to, you know, getting COVID-19 and that sucks. But then there are also a few players that just aren't following it and they're gonna ruin it for everybody. 
yeah and it kind of goes down to that and like i really feel for him i totally understand like but you know i also i'm listening to jake deekman saying you live in a place we live in a time where everything can be delivered to you you know you don't have to go out and get girl and like it's tough i understand but liam himself said it's 60 games and they, they're all kind of on the same consensus like we can do this like we got this um so it'll be interesting to see but i mean it feels like every day it's different like one day it's the cardinals you're like damn or it's the marlins the next you're like okay we got some good test results it's not so bad and even NFL did their first round after workouts and theirs was, I think 2% of them were positive tests, which is actually pretty good, all things considered. Um, but I saw the 49ers are adhering to NFL but protocols, like working out in their own little substation. So that's good. They're actually being smart about that. We're going to shift some things because I want to, I think every week we should do Trevor Bauer hour because he always gives us something to talk about. The Reds Wait, did not just call it that. We can't call it that. He has a contract with Sirius XM. Oh my gosh. Our, our show. Yeah. So the lawyer in me is going to tell you right now that we cannot call it that. All right. We're going to call it Trevor Bowers. We're just going to call it. Here's the time where we talk about Trevor Bauer. I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. Um, the Reds have been kind of some storylines, not just because Joey was very apparent about how he wants to buy a whole section and have his face painted on it. Because when he hit a home run recently, he pointed out to the grounds crew, which they're doing amazing work. But Trevor recently, he had a really another good outing. And he did this Connor McGregor type thing. Is, am I doing it right? I don't know. Yeah, but I really like know. Is that? do more arms is that really his hero rachel oh my it, uh, not a hero it's a, it's an idol though he uh he loves mcgregor um he saw my tweet and he was like i was talking to him and he was like my idol and i was like yeah that's your idol he's like yeah you're right it is <laughs> but it, it's he just he came from nothing um he you know became one of the most recognizable faces in sports yeah and his Good documentary out on him too i don't remember where it's at but i really enjoyed it he's he's very he just makes funny content too and the way that he talks shit before fights trevor just loves it and finds him super entertaining and he's a ton of fun i think anyone who watches ufc you know would attest to the fact that he's so much fun to watch um so yeah trevor trevor likes greatness that's his big thing like he loves um he loves um what is the um roll tide what and why am i blinking on this is horrible Al, is it alabama yeah, he loves like he loves watching them. He loves watching the Patriots and everyone's like, you're just this bandwagon person. He's like, no, I just love greatness. And so when I see, you know, teams or people that, you know, are going to go down history as the greats, I oh love them. Okay, if you hear greatness, just personally, who do you think of? Did you see A-Rod like went off and he was like, Tiger Woods, Michael yeah. Jordan, Aaron Judge. And it's like, Stop. I, like Mike Trout gives birth to a baby. Jessica gave birth to the baby. But like, did we forget about Mike Trout? My greats, like we're gonna think like, let's do our Mount Rushmore's of greats. Barry Bonds, absolutely. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. And that's, that's all I can get though, is four, right? Uh, Yeah, I think. I'm confident with that. Cause I have, you have to have a baseball guy and that's, that's me is Barry Bonds for sure. I'm down with that. I yeah. Okay. Like I just, I just don't come out with the steroids thing. Like whatever we know, we know, we know guys, we know, chill. Did you know that steroids are bad for you, Jess? You know, it's fine. Matt Olson has a disgusting mustache on his face and that's doing amazing things. And you know what, whatever helps them helps them okay Mustaches, steroids <laughs> whatever do what you got i mean nowadays steroids would be a little bit different but like they were all doing it back then you know it's like in the 80s when you all drank wine coolers and had shoulder pads 
Who's on your Mount Rushmore of like sports journalists? Go. Sports journalist? <laughs> Jess Klein Schmidt. Wow, that's it. There it uh, is. Wow, that's so weird. I would really more just like a Statue of Liberty. Yeah, that's like, and then whoever else wants to go look at me. It's like a tough question though. I don't know. I don't I'm really, really very I, confident in my four. Actually, that's like weird because I, I like usually have to study it a lot and I always forget things, but I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah. Muhammad Ali, man. And Tiger, yeah, Tiger Woods for sure. Muhammad I'm Ali is my, that is my, he is my hero. Yeah. So he's your ish Conor Con McGregor. Yeah. Maybe. I, yeah, that's my, I, I love him. Um, he's my dude. Um, what do. Next time we should do our, yeah, we should do our Mount Rushmore's next time. And then like I have, and why? Yeah, I will say, there is a chance that one day Aaron Judge makes it, but I don't I, think he's quite, quite there yet. Yeah, um, it was definitely like, and I, and I, and I really think it was a tongue in cheek comment. I really, really do. Um, I love A Rod. I really, I genuinely love. You know, him. We have the same birthday. You and A Rod? Yeah. <laughs> Who else do you share a birthday with, athlete wise? Because I might have you beat. Oh, I will. I don't know, but I have. So there are like. Now I think the count is 18 of my friends have the same or people that I know and have grown up with have my birthday, which bothers me. It's like, it's supposed to be my day. But I remember reading this book of like famous people with your birthday and the only one who had mine. And this was when I was, I don't know, probably 11 or 12. And I saw A-Rod and I was so disappointed because I was like, shoot, nobody likes yeah. me but now no, I mean they never they didn't used to that's what I'm saying so back then I was like yeah that sucks but um now people like him so I'll happily share my birthday with him okay and who else athlete wise I don't uh I don't know athlete athlete wise because uh, athlete wise for me I'm Yasiel Puig and Larry Bird all right if I didn't have to use my mic right now, I would drop it. Yeah. Uh, you win on that. And Aaron Carter, but like that's a given. Well, I still think it's cool that I know- he beat like Shaq once. So like, there's that. <laughs> I actually went to an Aaron Carter concert. Okay, that's another thing. Also, I wanna give a shout out to Sarah. And I talked to her and here's the thing. She wants a little bit, she worked at UCLA for a little bit. And she reached out to me because she wanted to kind of pick my brain because she wants to figure out what to do in her life. We have like a cult following, Rachel, on this podcast. And she's part of the reason. And she told me recently, like she got a couple of her girlfriends into this podcast and her name's Sarah and she's phenomenal, super sweet, really love her. So I wanted to give a shout out to her because I know for a fact she is listening. My mother may not listen, but Sarah's got her back. So okay my mom doesn't listen my family doesn't listen to this either but um if, if there's a Bruin listening to this I I have done my job yeah so we're good all right I love you so much cheers once again cheers hopefully I have sparkly nail polish I did this because you got sparkly nail polish we're twins we are twins love you so much we'll see you on the next episode of corked up and Maybe it'll be less of a shit show. I don't really care yeah. if it's not because we had fun. Cheers. Bye.